This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And we came across an article all about the fact that you could actually get paid by watching 13 scary movies. Would that be a job for you? Well, we asked you guys what were some of your scariest movies that you've ever seen. Mine would be Silence of the Lambs, but you'd be amazed at what some of our listeners came up with. We also went for another wonder with Nada talking perfume over in the souk and to Dubai Opera, where she witnessed Mamma Mia live on stage. We chatted to Kids App for things to do at the weekend with the children and the Laughter Factory. They are back in town and uh, all the way from the USA, Gabrielle Rutledge spent some time with us having a chat about how he got into the world of comedy. Do catch me live, of course, on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Scary movie spooktacular. Get a load of this, this job offer. How would you like to watch horror movies and get paid for it? Well, a finance company is apparently going to fork out $1,300 to someone to watch 13 scary movies in October to find out whether the size of the movie's budget actually impacts its effectiveness. This company is called Finance Buzz, and they say it's looking to hire someone to be a horror movie heart rate analyst. Would this be a job for you, Maria? Oh, my gosh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. I'm not not the right guy for this one, but I'm sure there are people out there that would be jumping at it. What you've got to do to get this $1,300 is watch 13 of the scariest movies ever made whilst monitoring uh, your heart rate using a Fitbit. Uh, what movies are on the bill? Well, I can tell you, um, you're going to be watching them between October 9th through until the 18th. We've got Saw in there, Amityville Horror... A Quiet Place, Quiet Place 2. There's uh, Insidious in there, which I was talking to uh, Zena about um, yesterday. The Purge, Halloween, Paranormal Activity, Annabelle, Candyman. Uh, they make up your 13 films. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't think of a worse job in the whole yeah, world. Yeah, no. For this one. You know, I thought about it when I read the article earlier this week. I yeah. was like, okay, maybe I can do it and then I'll shut my eyes throughout all 13 movies. <laughs> so your heart rate it, won't exactly, move. Exactly. <laughs> and then it turns out they're measure. I, I was like, okay, well, obviously yeah. they're smarter than that. <laughs> yeah. So people don't jump at the opportunity. But yeah. So I, sc- never- I mean, scariest movie for you. you. You said it was when you were a, a little girl, I yeah. think. Yeah. It was the last movie that I've seen it was Final Destination I think it was like the first one that ever came out I think I was seven yeah and till today I do things a certain way because of that movie <laughs> like there, what? like for instance I walk into the bathroom I have to open the bathtub curtains before I do anything in the bathroom. <laughs> You're freaking me out. I know. <laughs> I have to. Like, okay. up until today. And I am 29. Yeah. yeah. And it's been so that long. You've yes. got to open that, that bathroom curtain. Yeah. 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 That reminds me of a movie called Psycho, um, an Alfred yeah. Hitchcock film. But uh, my scariest, for mm-hmm. sure, would be Silence of the Lambs that starred Anthony Hopkins. Oh, oh no way. Scared the living daylights out of me. Jodie Foster was the police uh, uh, woman in, in, in this one. And of course, uh, Anthony, basically, he was eating people. Um, Hannibal oh Lecter, not a nice person at all, and I had to sleep with the lights on for quite some time <laughs> after watching that film.
Norman. I think I was already married. Uh, my, it's funny, my wife loves horror. She can't oh, get yeah. enough of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devours yeah. it. I know, I know so many, there are so many people in my life that are like that, and I question why they are in my life. <laughs> because <laughs> it's so odd. My sister-in-law was eight months pregnant, and she fell asleep during a horror movie. How do they do it? I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't explain how these people live a normal life. Yeah. She hasn't given birth when she woke up, has she? Yeah, pro- <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, guys, let's get involved in this spooky day today. Would you like that job um, to kind of uh, watch all these 13 films? And uh, what is the scariest movie that you have ever seen in your life? Thank you, Emma, for your message. I'd love the job. Scariest film for me is the Amityville Horror, the original one, of course. Uh, And uh, the house can be visited in America, I believe. Very, very chilling. Yes, I wouldn't be stepping foot over the front path of that one, Emma, I can tell you. And uh, thanks, Premi, for your message as well. The Silence of the Lambs is the one that really terrified you. I've just been looking it up. Um, It was actually released back in 1991, was uh, this movie, as I said, starred uh, Jodie Foster. Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn and Ted Levine was in it as well. Absolutely terrified me. Uh, Finn, thanks for your message. Morning, Mark. I I think I'd be bored watching all the horror films. My friend Mary and I went to see Carrie. Uh, and that was released, I'm just looking back, in 1976 and starred Sissy Spacek as Carrie White. And, um, well, at the end of the film, when the arm came out of the grave, it made us jump. My heart ached in my chest for around about 15 minutes. Thanks for that one, Finn. Much appreciated. A lot of you going for Silence of the Lambs and agreeing with me that that was uh, absolutely terrifying. This is on the back of the story uh, where a certain finance company is going to fork out 1300 for someone to watch 13 scary movies in October and they're going to be rating them as well they'll be called the heart rate analyst uh, the movie heart rate analyst Uh, so would you be up for that job and what is the scariest movie that you have ever seen we've got Hillary joining us on the show good afternoon Hillary how are you Oh, it's afternoon already. Where's the day gone? <laughs> I know. Already afternoon, eh? So what are you like with scary movies? Like, would you be up for this job? Yeah, I thought that's what you were calling. You were going to offer me the job. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to offer you the job, right. Um, well, uh, tell me about the scariest movie, Hillary, that you've seen. Well, the one that I remember that's really sticks in my mind, and I just said to Maria that she's probably too young to remember it, but it was called The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, um, and it was. Go on. I think it was probably twenty twenty five years ago when I think of it, which is a bit scary in itself. Uh, I'm ju- I'm just looking at the day. It was it was actually released nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the Blair, Blair Witch Project. What what made it so scary for you? Were you watching scary movies, Maria, in nineteen ninety nine? No, I was not. I was six. <laughs> you were six, <laughs> right? Not for a six year old. Then. I remember that. Yeah. So, Hillary, what made no, the- I was what made it so scary? Well, I was living in I was living in West Africa. I was in a place called Gabon in West Africa, and I was living by myself. Yeah. And this was in the days where you would like rent out a video and things. Now everybody has been talking about this video for ages, but I knew nothing about it. Just it was one that I should watch. Okay. So I managed to get a hold of it, and I watched it on an afternoon with the curtains closed in this big house all by myself, and. I was petrified. I had no idea if it was real. <laughs> I didn't know if it was... It was like a documentary type thing as if somebody had filmed it. So if yeah. you looked at it today, it probably looked really amateur. 
Yeah. And you think, well, anybody could do that with an iPhone, you know, just videoing themselves. But at the time, I had no idea if it was true story or not, and I was petrified. <laughs> I was so glad it was daylight when I when I finished the movie and I could go outside and feel normal. I don't know if, I, if I'd have been able to sleep or if I'd have to go straight to bed. And you were living on your own as well, you say. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah. looking at that. Um, it says the film is heavily credited with reviving the found footage technique, uh, which is a certain way of filming things. And it was used again in Paranormal Activity and Cloverfield. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of ahead of its time when it came to the, actually the way that it was that, that it was filmed. But it obviously left well, a mark on you. Sense, yeah. Sure. And like I say, I was just thinking... How long ago was that? And it must have been, like you say, 20, 25 years or something like that. Yeah. It was, what, 22 years old. Yeah. Frankie. Yeah. Yeah, and I still remember it now. And maybe my heart is going just thinking about it. <laughs> well, thanks for your call, Hillary. Really appreciate it. Uh, so, can anybody top that scariest movie? Um, that you've ever seen and uh, would you sit through 13 of the scariest movies uh, if you're getting paid for it thank you for your message as well Claire you reckon Cape Fear is the scariest that you've ever seen we're going to go to the lines Andrew joins us uh, on the show good afternoon Andrew would this be a job for you good afternoon Mark uh, yeah I, I wouldn't mind that <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be quite happy to sit through 13 horror movies I'm not a massive fan of the genre, but uh, I'll uh, double up on uh, blood pressure tablets and, and, and watch it for, if I'm getting paid. Yeah, for some extra cash. Why not? Um, so, you know, looking back, um, what is probably the, the scariest film, would you say, that you've ever seen? I, I still think Halloween was the master of the genre um, back in 78, I think that was. Yeah. And um, that that was just had me on the edge of the seat. It's been overdone and, and you know, too many spoofs of it now. So it sort of loses its edge. Uh, but at the time, I just thought that was superbly scripted and really scary. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, Absolutely. And, and it was her first film, apparently, um, this this Halloween. Um, so, I mean, did it prey on your mind for uh, a few days afterwards? Did you sleep with the light on, let's say? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And even now, look, when I watch films now, and uh, spoiler alert here, if nobody's seen it, at the end, when you think he's he's dead and, he's, and she looks over the balcony and sees he's gone, even now when I'm watching films and somebody gets killed or something, I'm thinking, no, no, you've got to go and chop him up into bits because he might run off. <laughs> so it, it, it's obviously had an impact for many years with me. Yeah, I mean, mine um, would definitely be The Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Did, did, did you get to see that one, Andrew? Oh, yes, watched that several times. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, well, both both of the stars are just incredible on that. That, that was the scariest for me. That, that was on my mind for a long, long time after. Um, just amazing acting from, from the pair of them, don't you think? Yes, and the amazing thing with Hopkins, he's obviously well known for that film, but he's actually only on the screen for 15 minutes of the whole film. <laughs> so it just shows what an impact he had My, in that yeah. short period of time because he's just a, a master of, of that close-up camera work, etc. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter scared the living daylights out of me. Anyway, Andrew, we'll put your uh, CV in, see if you get the job for uh, watching 13 <laughs> scary movies. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on the show. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, we go to the telephone lines right now, and being a Wednesday, we're off for a wonder with Nada, who turned the tables on me last week, exactly a week ago, and uh, 
Uh, she wouldn't have it. She interviewed me, but I think we're back to uh, me being the interviewer and you being the interviewee, Nada. We definitely are. <laughs> it's back to being your turn. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Are, are you a fan of horror movies or is it not your genre? Uh, not my genre at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'd be terrible at this job, uh, you know, watching 13 scary movies and having to rate them. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go for a wander um, with, uh, with you, Nada. Where are you going to take me this week? So I'm actually taking you to two places. Yeah. Um, the first is the Perfume Souk in Jera, and the second is the Biopra. Okay, um, so let's get started with uh, something sweet-smelling in, in the Perfume Souk. Where can we find it? Yeah, so I will first say uh, the two most popular souks in Dubai um, that every tourist and resident flocks to are the gold souk and the spice souk, right? Exactly, but yeah. just a few steps away in Dara is another market that is almost entirely dedicated to perfumes. Um, so you have the stores that sell uh, mimicked perfumes of famous brands or classics uh, at a reduced price. So, you know, for example, think Chanel Number no. 5 for women or maybe, I don't know, Hugo Boss for men. But you also have stores that have scent makers. So these guys are experts who mix and match different oils, essences, extracts, and they create perfumes that are customized entirely for you. Wow, I like the sound of that. I mean, it's a real science, this, isn't it? The, the fragrance business, you know. And, um, of course, a lot of celebrities have gotten behind it as well and put their names to uh, various scents. Um, so, you know, what, what are some of your favorite aromas, would you say, Nada, that's, uh, that you found down there in the perfume souk? Oh, I mean, I love anything that smells like rose or rose water. Um, so that's definitely one of my, my favorites. But there was also a lot of other sort of combinations, mixtures of uh, different scents that go and settle really well together. Um, so I actually came across a store uh, called Teab Emirates. And this place is owned by a lovely perfumer. Um, his name is Yusuf Madapan, who's originally from Kerala, India, and has actually been living in the Gulf region for over 30 years. So he tells me that while growing up, he was just fascinated by the process of perfume making. Um, his entire family were actually in the perfume business. So uh, he kind of grew up surrounded by it. So he decided to sort of, you know, focus on creating their own and to also make perfumes more affordable, right, for people to buy. Okay. So he joined a factory to learn the, the tricks and tools of the trade. And he's been making perfumes for 30 years ever since experimenting with like thousands of ingredients. So he's actually opened a new shop in Dara uh, where he and his son Bilal create their, um, their works of art. Um, it takes them just about 15 minutes to make a bottle of perfume. So it's kind of one of those while you wait, um, they yeah. basically put it together for you. Yeah. Um, and then once they're done, um, they just basically tell you you need to store it in the fridge for chilling to ensure uh, the scent's lasting power. And so, you know, they've made a few perfumes, even for the stars, um, including Gwen Stefani, uh, Portuguese footballer, a guy, uh, Ricardo Quaresma. And the funny thing is, the, apparently the owner didn't know who Gwen was until <laughs> she posted a video on social media. Okay. So customers actually came in showing him the video, and the owner's like, what's yeah. so funny? Who? Who? <laughs> who? Exactly. Yeah, I, I love but, it. So, I mean, did they actually concoct something especially for you, Nada? 
They did. They did. I kind of just gave them a, an idea of what type of scents that I like, um, the, you know, name of a brand and one that I usually put on. So they managed to kind of create something somewhat similar based on just, you know, my preference. Uh, and I, I found it really funny. I asked them what kind of even unusual scents or requests that they've ever received. Um, apparently, a, a customer actually walked in and asked for, um, you know, the woody aroma of uh, newly printed money. Like okay. cash, basically, yes. like a lot of cash. <laughs> right. So apparently real money is made of like a combination of things like cotton, silk, and linen. So they actually used extracts to create that. Um, another person also apparently wanted to mimic the scent of cigarettes, which I'm not really sure oh, why. Oh, wow. yeah. So really, all in all, really well worth a visit. It's, it's very cool to watch them, um, you know, put it together just yeah. right in front of you. Yeah. Um, it's a family-run business. Um, the owner is so modest and proud, um, and their mission is really just to liberate perfumes. Um, something that, you know, they feel like quality-wise is kind of slipping. Uh, people tend to focus more on the branding and the image. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they feel like needs to be fixed, and that's why they've opened their store. Nice so one. It's I, I, it, high. And, and I mean, to get your own uh, branded perfume, I mean, is it affordable or is it a little more expensive than what we would pay in a normal store? Oh, absolutely. Very affordable. Um, the prices for about a 100 milliliter bottle uh, go for 90 dirhams and, you know, start from there. Right. Okay. So this is, uh, once again, um, just adjacent to the gold suit, yeah, on the, on the other side of the creek. Exactly. On the deer side, just adjacent to the gold souk. Cool. I like the sound of that one. Okay, that's uh, number one. Now, you mentioned Dubai Opera as well. Um, so have you been uh, going for a stroll around our opera house? I did. So my other wander this week was to the Dubai Opera. Uh, thankfully, live performances have, of course, been back for some time now. Yeah. And the show that's currently playing there is Mamma Mia, the musical. Exactly, yeah. I've seen uh, a lot on social media about, uh, about this production. So uh, what did you make of it? I think it's come, come from London. Yes, exactly. So the show is actually in uh, the top 10 list of longest running shows in Broadway history. Yeah. Um, it did first play in London. I think it was in 1999. Um, and according to the, the producer, the audience just went wild and they still are everywhere they play. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's got so many catchy songs in it, hasn't it? And uh, you know, the, a movie was made, Piers Brosnan and Meryl Streep in in, in the movie. Uh, so, what about the exactly. stage production? Did you get that? You know, did you really get that that, that feel of uh, of of the film and of the London production as well? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, the the really kind of cool thing about it is that you kind of grow up um, listening to these songs. So the score consists almost entirely of songs that are uh, made famous by the Swedish pop group ABBA. Yeah. So for those who have been maybe living in a bubble, Mamma Mia is a musical (laughs) show um, that's based on a story of a girl uh, who is about to be married and wants her father to give her away. Um, The problem is she doesn't know who her father is and finds out that it could be um, any one of three potential men. So she secretly invites them all to her wedding on a Greek island uh, and doesn't tell her mother, uh, Donna. So it's just, it's a very powerful story about the bond between mother and daughter and friendship in general. Yeah. So I got to the Dubai Opera just a half hour just before the show. And the second you walk in, I mean, you could already, already feel the energy in the room. 
uh, people were dressed up, not just in, you know, suits and dresses, um, but some in outfits actually inspired, you know, by the show. Oh, right. So like the 70s ABBA outfits. Oh, yeah. Wow. Exactly. So there was a group that was definitely channeling their, you know, inner Donna and the Dynamos. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed was just how well they had organized the seating inside the theater. Um, there were a couple of seats empty between every group mm-hmm. for social distancing purposes. Yeah. And you had to basically keep your masks on during the entire performance. So in terms of just the entry, that was great. Now, the music is incredible, right? You know, super energetic, very catchy. Um, I think I've spent the last week maybe humming songs in my head. <laughs> um, any of your favorites, actually? Oh, I mean, anything ABBA is, is just fantastic, isn't it? I mean, Dancing Queen and Waterloo and, of course, the, the, the title, um, the, the Mamma Mia song, absolutely brilliant. When it came to making pop music in the 70s, nobody could touch ABBA. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's not actually one of these shows where you're just sitting and watching. You're practically, like, lost in the scenes, and you're dancing on the edge of your seat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of even the costumes, um, they were also fantastic, really, um, especially Donna's the mom and her two friends, uh, Tanya and, and Rosie. Uh, they wore these, like, ruffled, colorful trousers and these um, spandex uh, cat suits, mm-hmm. and they were just dancing in platform boots. Um, apparently, this is actually a fun fact. So, uh, Abba's stage clothes were actually outlandishly designed on purpose uh, for tax purposes. Apparently, according to Swedish law, costumes could actually be tax deductible so long as that they were outrageous that they couldn't right. be worn on the street. <laughs> so, they the, definitely wore uh, something as uh, you know loud as that. As yeah, well. yeah. There's, there's actually uh, a, a museum in Stockholm. There's an ABBA museum where a lot of these um, outfits are uh, on display, and you can uh, you know go, showcase. Yeah, the yeah. showcase. You can go and take a, a look at them, and uh, I think you can have pictures as well in in kind of. Uh, outfits that are very ABBA-esque, let's say. Oh, yes. No, definitely. The, uh, I think the museum um, opened, you know, after so many people have obviously kind of uh, been watching and listening to the music for so long. So this was a great idea for them to open shop. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the show, at the curtain call, they just, you know, they finished off with a, a few of their top songs, including Waterloo and Dancing Queen. So that also had the audience on their feet dancing and singing. Wow. So really, all in all, I would definitely uh, go again. Good stuff. So it sounds like you had a brilliant time. Uh, just could you repeat the um, the, the store, um, the perfume maker? We're getting a couple of messages coming in saying, uh, what was the name of that store again? Oh, sure. The name of the store is Yusuf Bhai. So... The name of the owner and the name of the shop are the same. Um, Bahai actually means brother, but his uh, shop is called Yusuf Bahai. Brilliant stuff, Nada. Always good to go on a wander with you on a Wednesday. We'll catch you again next week. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, good afternoon and uh, great to have your company on this uh, Wednesday. We can ride around the corner. What are we going to do for the with the kids is the big question. And uh, the man who's always got the answers joins us on the show, Kareem Baydas from KidsApp. Uh, a very good afternoon and uh, I can see you as well on Microsoft Teams this week. So welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, Mark. Yeah, and uh, I think everyone can see me, which is great. Uh, I think next time I will... Uh, Prepare for that. <laughs> good to see you, yeah. Yeah, so then, um, lots to do at the weekend. Plenty of uh, things where we can keep our kids entertained. So we're going to start with Adventure Zone. What do we know about this? 
Yeah, so I mean, this week I've tried to mix it up a bit with some different activities. Adventure Zone have three branches. It's basically kind of a, an indoor rope climbing, wall climbing, you know, adventure course, rope course. Yeah. They have three. They have one at Times Square, which is more for slightly older kids as well. And they have a really high course there. Then they have the one over at Galleria Mall, which is also pretty, uh, it's more for the younger kids and it's a lot of fun. And then there's the one in Barsha. Uh, Galleria, which I think, I mean, it's relatively new. It opened a couple of years ago, but because of COVID, a lot of people don't know about it and everything. It's quite a big one. They've got a really cool rope course, and it's for kids ages 4 to 16. Uh, it's actually really fun. We have an offer now if you book through the app. The normal price for two hours is 250 dirhams. Uh, you can buy, you know, uh, 125 through us, and you can either get one hour and go twice, you know, spend two hours there yeah. or take two kids for that same 125. So it's a great deal and I highly recommend it. All right, good place to start then, Adventure Zone. Now, drift trikes. I've heard of drifting and I've heard of trikes, but not drift trikes. What are these? Yeah, so they're basically trikes, so three-wheeled, I think, go-karts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm obviously not an expert. And you're basically uh, learning how to drift on them. So you actually go there, the only preparation you have is the usual safety stuff. You put on the gear and everything, they give you a helmet. You get on the bike and you have 15 minutes around the track or longer, basically just drifting around the track. So it's a lot of fun. Drifting is, I mean, I don't know, like in, when I was young, we used to call it skidding yeah. on our bicycles. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's where you go skidding around a track. At the moment, uh, we have an offer there. So, for example, for a 15-minute session, instead of 120 dirhams, you go in at only 60 dirhams. And the, all the information is there on the app. Uh, the timings, how to book, everything. Okay, and so some drifting there on on the trikes. Now, bouncing, of course. And my granddaughter is very fond of bouncing. And there's actually a freestyle academy. So there is a freestyle academy, and we have actually something very special on Kids App uh, that we've agreed with them. So if you sign up for the Bounce Freestyle Academy, not only do you get 100 dirhams off for uh, Ten uh, a course of ten weeks. You also get ten free access passes that you can go, go into bounce for free, and it's only for nine hundred dirhams instead of the usual thousand. Plus, we're giving everyone an extra fifty dirhams cashback, which you can use to either buy more bounce experiences or any other experience on Kids Up. Okay, um, so that's the Bounce Freestyle Academy. Now, I've been to this next one, and uh, if you want some cracking selfies, uh, you can't go wrong with 3D World Selfie Museum. It's in Barsha, and um, really enjoyed it over there. So what's your deal for this one? Okay, so I haven't been there, uh, but it does look cool. There's a lot of, I mean, I'm looking at the photos that they have. They have the one where, uh, you know, you're, you're making lots of money flying through the air or you're underwater. There's a ton of really cool selfies. Uh, the deal there is 10% off when you book through the app. So for both an adult and a child, it's only 100 dirhams. Uh, th that's daily from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. Okay, uh, so that's uh, I can recommend that one because I've been there. Now, fat biking in the Arabian desert. <laughs> I, I did try this once and uh, I wasn't brilliant at it, but uh, I'm sure it's a lot of fun and, uh, you know, burn off the calories um, for, for the youngsters. It looks like a lot of work, I have to tell you. I'm sure you've all seen these, uh, Mark, I'm sure you've seen these uh, bikes, well, you've been on it with the massive tires. Yeah, yeah. So they can go on sand. It looks like a lot of work, but it also looks like a lot of fun. It's really beautiful over there, the scenery. Uh, the weather's getting nicer as well. So over there, you know, it's about an hour of uh, an hour of cycling for 210 dirhams, and you go basically with a tour, and you go around. So it's, it's really nice. 
Okay, um, I don't think I'd last an hour fat biking, but I'm sure younger people definitely would. Now, this next one, I think, is quite new on the scene here in in Dubai, uh, Karim. Have you done this, Mark? Because I'm finding I don't think we go out enough. (laughs) (laughs) So this is over at Dubai Mall, right? Yeah. And it's one of those favorite and uh, favorite kind of uh, classical, you know, art turned into a digital live immersive experience. Right. Um, you've just got to see the photos of this on the app. I think we're, you know, um, basically what they do is using light and sound and uh, moving screens and everything. It's almost like you're actually in the painting. And there's uh, three or four different kind of paintings you can actually be inside. One of my favorites, and it has always been my favorite, is the Starry Nights painting by Van Gogh. I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the image of that. I can imagine you really feel you're actually living inside that painting. So, and, and the kids will love it as well. I mean, one of the nice things I noticed about kids, when you take them to a place like this, you'll be surprised at what comes out of them and how much they enjoy it. So this one's 125 for adults, and it's uh, for kids from 3 to 13, it's 75 dirhams. It's over in Dubai Mall. Again, download Kids App, K-I-D-Z-A-P-P, full details, locations, prices, a bit more about the venue, and some photos. Once you see the photos, I am sure you'll go. And the the actual attraction is called the Infinity des Lumières? Des Lumières. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Okay, so uh, that's something, especially if you're into art, that uh, you can keep the kids entertained. Now, be a paleontologist for a day. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Okay, so another outdoor activity as the weather is getting better, you know, that's basically daily. Uh, starts at 9 a.m., goes until 9 p.m. on the weekend. It's over in Sharjah. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Fossil Rock. I have in my 14 years here, but I've never been there. So it's a nice opportunity. Yeah. You can go over there. You can, you know, take the tour on, in, in the nature, look at the fossils, explore the fossils. And then they actually take you through an experience where you can make casts of the fossils and learn about them and take them home, just like a real paleontologist would do. Uh, the experience there, and I mean, you can contact them. The number's there. There's even... Uh, in the app, if you click our blue button on Kids App, it will take you to Google Maps and direct you straight there. That's 50 dirhams for adults and 35 dirhams for kids. I would say a good age is from five and up. And of course, you'll see all kinds of fossils like Tyrannosaurus and bro. Okay, I'm joking. No, they're, they're more like local kind of fossils. You won't yeah. see massive dinosaurs, but right. there's a lot of interesting fossils and all the ancient creatures and insects that you can see certainly be a learning experience that one now we've got one final one to uh, tell our listeners about and this is uh, the al rafisa dam yeah so i mean as the weather gets better and people are going to be heading down over to fujera or hatta or Khorfa uh, khan which is just just after hatta on on the coast yeah they have a dam close to there which is also right next to hatta and a park where you can really enjoy Uh, boating on the dam, uh, hiking in the area. There's a few trails. There's also a cafe, and you can also just go for, you know, a walk or the play area in the park itself. That's actually completely free, and I think it's a nice day out if you combine it with a trip over there. Let's get some fresh air with that one, Al Rafisa Dam. So uh, there we are. That's Karim once again from Kids App. Lots of things to do, whether it's drift triking, uh, maybe that's uh, Bounce Freestyle Academy, Infinita de Lumiere, or uh, over at uh, Al Rafisa Dam. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, Karim. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. This is Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 89.8.
103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. The weekend right around the corner, of course. And one of the things that we look forward to each and every month here in the city of Dubai is the Laughter Factory. And they are back, let me tell you, with a series of shows this weekend and the weekend after as well. And one of the comics on the lineup joins us on the line right now, Gabrielle Rutledge. I'll say a very good afternoon, Gabrielle. How are you? Hey, thank you so much. Hello, Dubai. How are we? <laughs> Loving the voice there. I think you just flew in last night, yeah? Yeah, I did. I, uh, I, I barely got here, but uh, yeah, I'm loving it. You did. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. So tell us about uh, your journey into comedy, Gabrielle, and uh, where it all got started for you, getting up there and uh, doing what I think is probably one of the scariest jobs in the world. <laughs> well, uh, I live in uh, Washington State uh, in America, yeah, and uh, so I started in the Seattle area, and uh, I really, you know, I really just wanted to do it once, sort of a yeah, try it out. Bu- yeah, bucket list activity for a, a young man. Okay, and uh, it went well enough that I kept going, and uh, I didn't really know where that journey was going to take me. But uh, now I'm in Dubai. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, comedy does travel these days, doesn't it? They used to say that comedy didn't travel, but now um, it seems to travel all around the planet. I mean, you're going to be getting up on stages telling, uh, you know, your brand of humor to a whole multitude of nationalities here in Dubai. Yeah, and that's uh, that's really exciting. I mean, it's, it is a little bit challenging. I'm not sure uh, how many of my jokes made the 14-hour flight with me. I don't know how many <laughs> will, will, uh, will work here, but I mean, you know, the, my, my comedy tends to be the more universal things anyway, uh, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. children you know that kind of thing so right uh i'm looking forward to it yeah it's i'm sure it's going to be fantastic i mean um you've also released five albums i see um and uh, one of them debuted at number one on the itunes comedy charts which is good looking court what's that yes. all about <laughs> love the title well, i uh i am a uh if you come to the show you will see but i am a uh i have long hair i have a beard yeah and uh what i realized with my particular look is i can't really dress nice i can't i had i had to wear a suit to a wedding right and i, I was walking down the street in my suit and a guy driving by yelled out his window good luck in court <laughs> love it yeah uh and and so that became the title of your yeah. uh, your, your album so uh, absolutely what, what kind of things are on the uh the albums is it purely comedy is there some uh music on there as well no 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 music now i was uh just comedy on the album i was a musician i guess i kind of look like a musician so yeah sense, but i uh, i played drums uh in 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 bands uh as a much younger man and so uh my poor wife, uh, her husband has been a drummer and a comedian, so, uh, wow. <laughs> She's lived the life, hasn't she, for She's, sure. Uh, whatever the uh, opposite of a gold digger is, I yeah. believe that's what my wife is. Well, I love that. Let's give her a shout-out. What's her name? Uh, Christy. Christy, if you're listening um, back in the States, um, you're doing a great job with with this guy. I mean, I've seen your photograph. I was kind of looking over your your bio earlier on. You look like one of the guys, you know, maybe the, the 1970s um, kind of California rock bands, you know, the the Grateful yeah. Dead or uh, maybe Crosby, Stills and Nash, that, that kind of look. So who were some of the comics that really kind of uh, rubbed off on you and, uh, you know, perhaps helped shape your style when you were growing up? 
You know, um, I really, it's funny, I didn't really know much about stand-up comedy before I did it. Right. So, uh, I, would, I would say, uh, I would, there was a comedian whose who's, uh, past named uh, Mitch Hedberg, who was a really, uh, I really loved him, but uh, not in style. He did sort of abstract one-liners, and that's not really what I do. But uh, he mm-hmm. was probably the first comedian I really uh, identified with. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, the way comedy works is y- you sort of go into it thinking you're going to have a particular voice. I thought I was going to uh, talk about the ills of society and speak truth to power, and it turns, <laughs> it turns out I'm not really that good at that. <laughs> How do you get over, if you do have a bad night, and I'm sure there are not many of them, but if you do have a bad night where it's just not work, how do you get over it? Uh, you hope you have another show coming up soon. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot you can do, is there? If, you know, if the people just don't want to laugh, then uh, it, it, must, it must be pretty tough. And that's why I said at the start of the interview, it's probably one of the, you know, the scariest jobs in the world. It can be. I mean, I've done, <laughs> I did a show at a, um, I guess what we would call in, the, in, uh, in America, a, a nursing home. Okay. You know, it, yeah. it's people at the last stages of their life. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did a show uh, there. And that was really a, a zero success possibility at that show. It was, you know, pe- people are, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was almost so bad it was funny. Just, you know, people leaving in their little rascal scooters and, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it, sometimes it's so bad it's comical. Even in the moment, yeah. I was like, this is funny. This is pretty funny. <laughs> now, of course, um, the lineup uh, this time around is yourself. Uh, you've also got Rob Ryan, Danny O'Brien. Have, have you had a chance to meet the other guys yet? Or is that probably going to happen today? I have not met Danny O'Brien. Um, I do know Rob Ryan. Uh, we don't. He lives in New York, and I live across the across America in Seattle. But I actually worked with Rob Ryan in Pakistan one time. Really? Talk about travel, you guys. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, what, what about television? Do you do you do much TV as well, Gabrielle? I have done. I have done a, a handful of things on uh, on television. Yes, uh, not in Dubai. I don't think. <laughs> right, yeah, but uh, but back home uh, in, yes, in the absolutely, US. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it must be great for you guys um, to be able to get back on stages. I mean, uh, has it been a, a very quiet time for you over the last year or so? And, uh, you know, how excited are you to be getting back in front of crowds? Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I, I, all, I don't think I needed the life lesson that, uh, that, <laughs> that I uh, already loved what I did for a living. Um, I <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's just really fun to get back on stage and uh, get in front of people and uh, remember why I fell in love with this in the beginning. And I do think audiences are kind of feeling the same thing, where, where it's like we realize the, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk of non-essential activities. And uh, I think we all learned that perhaps they're not as non-essential as we yeah, thought. Yeah, we all need, we need to smile and we need to laugh. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you've got two gigs happening uh, this weekend, Move and Pick JBR, that's 16th, 17th. Then uh, you're going to be here for the week. You've got gigs at Zabiel House on the 22nd, Grand Millennium, Barsha Heights, 23rd, 24th at Dukes on, on the Palm. Uh, tickets at laughterfactory.com. But what are you hoping to maybe get up to, you know, on your downtime, uh, Gabrielle? Anything that you fancy doing in Dubai while you're here? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, I do. I, I'm definitely asking some of the uh, uh, laughter factory people what we should be doing. Uh, <laughs> I, I just got here, and I, you know, my 
My wife plays a video game called Sim City. Oh, yeah, The Sims. Yes, I remember that. I- it's kind of uh, your characters, aren't you? And you just go about your daily life. You wake up, go yeah. to the supermarket, you know, drive the kids but to school. Sim City is where you build your own city. And I, Dubai is like someone played that game. <laughs> you are going to love this city, let me tell you, Gabrielle. And yeah, it's I, incredible. I know Gail and Duncan from the Laughter Factory certainly make sure that they're comedians. Uh, have a great time. So th- welcome to, to the city. Have, a, have some brilliant shows. I know you're going to love it, Gabrielle. And take, Thank you take so away much. some great memories. I, I hope to. Thank you very much. Oh, there we are. That's uh, once again Gabrielle uh, from the uh, Laughter Factory, part of the lineup, Gabrielle Rutledge. And you can find all the details regarding gigs and tickets at laughterfactory.com.